morning. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the one and only God who loves us, who cares about us, who gives your life for us. You gave your life for us and you rose again. You are alive. You are the cornerstone. Father, help me open up my heart to that truth that you are it. There is nothing else that I need to be concerned about and yet, other than my belief in you as God, you control over my life, you that can handle any trial, any issue, anything that happens, you are in control of my very breath, my eyesight, my hearing, everything. Father, I lose sight of that. And I know we may all do that at times. Focus us today, Lord, on you. Focus us today on you, Lord, on the God who has saved and redeemed our souls, the only one that could actually do that. There is no other God. There is no one else who could save us, who could save our souls. So, Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you've given New Village. We thank you for our pastor, Mark Musser, and for Joyce. Father, they, they need rest, and they're getting it. We thank you for that. We thank you that they're away. I pray you bless their time away, Lord. I pray you be with the leaders here at this church and that you would lift them up, bind them together, that they hear your voice and they do your will. But not just them, but us as well, as one body together, as brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. Father, I do pray for VBS. I just love kids. I love that when you tell them that Jesus loves them, they say, yes, he does. If you look a child in the eye, they're just so open to the things of God. So we pray for VBS. We pray for your Holy Spirit to touch the children's hearts that they may come alive spiritually and live their lives for you and to serve you. Be with the workers there, Lord, and help them. Father, we thank you for the offering that you gave. I pray that you, you gave through us, and I pray that you would bless it, Lord. Now as we go into the message, help me, help us. May we see your glory. May we see you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. People believe strange things. Now, I'm telling you, and you probably know, that people in the world believe bizarre things. People believe that Elvis is still alive. I mean, they do. There's probably some kind of society out there that Elvis, you know, believers who think he, they just saw him yesterday. If uh, you ever listen to The Doors, Jim Morrison is alive. Uh, there is one of the strangest things that I'm, I might even join, just kidding, but it's the, the Earth is Flat Society. They actually believe that the Earth is flat. And they have a society, I Googled it, yes, Googled it yesterday, and you can sign up. You can join their group. They believe that, yes, the astronauts said that the Earth is round, but they believe that the astronauts actually didn't go up into the sky or the atmosphere, that they lied, so the earth really is flat. So that's interesting. So what do we believe, though? What do we believe about God? You know, some people believe that, that if they actually walked up those steps outside and they walked up, that God would literally strike them dead. That's a belief of some people, that they believe that they are so bad 
that they can't even come into the presence of other people who say they believe in God. You know, what do other people believe about God? They, they believe that there is no God. What a way to live. So this morning, I want to concentrate on what we as believers, and I know as you're looking at me, there are some of you who don't believe. It's just the way it is. Maybe you, you have fooled everybody, um, but you can't fool God. There have been people who have stayed in a church for 30, 40 years and finally give their lives to Christ. So what do we believe? What do we believe? We read it before, right? We sang it before. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. He has given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He is coming back again. And that is what we believe. Amen? We believe that because it's true. We believe it because God, through the Holy Spirit, has given us that belief. You know, the purpose of John, we're going to look at the book of John today, and we're going to look at chapter 11. One of the miracles that God did in the life of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And just thinking about what God did, but thinking about the book of the Bible itself, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's that we would believe in Jesus Christ. It's all about him. The songs that David and the worship team sang this morning were all about Jesus. And if we could focus our lives, just like I'm looking at the back door there, as a bullseye, focus our lives that Jesus is the center. Do you know all your trials, everything you go through, the living, the drudgery, the things that happen during the day, all comes into focus when you have Christ. Reminds me of Bill Bright when he gave out the four spiritual laws. He said, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Christ is at the center of your life, and everything else falls into place. See, now John, the purpose of his book, he actually tells us the purpose of, that he wrote the book of John. In chapter 20, he says the reason that he wrote it is that we would believe that there were so many things that Jesus did. He couldn't write them down in the book, but he was saying the things that he wrote in the book were that you would believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, not just the world, but he's your Savior. He is your God. He is your King. He is your Master. And he has a love for you that you cannot imagine or think or even understand. And as I, as I speak these words, I live a life that I say, Lord, please help me increase my faith. Help me to understand it. You know, Jesus made some statements in the book of John. He made seven I am statements. And all of them were that we would believe that Jesus is who he said he was. Just think of some of them. I am the vine. You as a believer have no power outside of Jesus Christ. He's the vine. You are the branches. He's the vine. He's the power. He's the one we follow. Don't follow yourself. You will get lost. Follow Jesus Christ. He's the, fine, the vine. He's the door. There's no other way to God. He's the light of the world. Don't fool yourself. This world without Jesus is dark, 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 and evil. Please don't fool yourself that there's some good things outside of God in this world because it's all evil and it's all to take you away from Jesus Christ and serving him and believing in him. I am the bread of life. 
Spiritually speaking, that's what I'm talking about this morning. Spiritually speaking, He is the bread of life and He is the only thing we need to feed on spiritually through His Word, through prayer. And as I look at you looking at me, there, we are seasoned Christians, mature. But even when you're that, you know, 200 years being here at New Village, you still are not there yet. You still need God. You still need the bread of life. He's the, the way, the truth, and the life. What scares me the most is the people, the young people in this world, because they're looking for and they, they get a different truth, a different way, and a different life if they don't have the Lord. And we all, as believers, need to be the ones giving them that message. The last one, I don't think I covered them all, but the one that we're going to cover today is Jesus said he is the resurrection and he's the life. He's the resurrection and he's the life. Where Jesus is, there is life. Not death, but life. Let's pray. Jesus, you are life. You are the resurrection and the life. I pray that you show us your glory as I asked before. I beg you, I beg you, Lord, to increase our faith. We believe. We believe. But help us to believe so much so that we shout it from the rooftops and that people will want to know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't mind me. The air conditioning is great. I'm just a little hot. So turn to the book of John, chapter 11. And while you're doing that, I'll tell you something funny. I, I, uh, I love to rollerblade, and some of you people see me rollerblading in the parking lot. You're probably, what is that guy doing? He's wearing a helmet. I probably don't look like a rollerblader, but I love it. You know, God gave me these big legs so I could rollerblade. I just, I love it. I could say this sermon with my eyes closed and backwards when I'm rollerblading. <laughs> I'm saying that because it's not as easy when you're up here. I almost wish I can, a friend of mine said, why don't you just rollerblade up and down the aisle? So John 11. Now I'm going to paraphrase a little bit as we go through it. And then I just have three quick points. I'm not going to be drawn out. If it is, you can throw something at me. But... We're just going to go through the book of John, verses 1 through 27, and just get an idea here of what we need to believe, what God, some things he wants us to believe about him. Now, when you're reading the Bible, it's so important to look at it and ask God to show you him and his glory and who he is, and everything else just melts away. Who is God, and what is he doing in your life, in your trials, as we'll see one of the biggest trials here that anyone could ever face. Now, there was a certain man named Lazarus, and he was ill, of Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha, her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, for it is the glory of God, 
so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you were going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to them. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came and found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. This morning we have a story that is unbelievable. I went to verse 27. Next week we'll cover the rest of the chapter, but we have a family here that Jesus loves. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. It's a small family, but he loves them so much. He cares about them. And we think about this passage that we just read. We have to understand we need to believe. We need to believe that God loves us even though we're ill. We're, each one of you here are ill and sick spiritually. You have been since you were born. And if you believed in Jesus Christ, he's redeemed you. He has saved you. But unfortunately, we all know we walk around this earth with that sin nature that will not go away until he takes you home or he comes back. So we are spiritually sick. Lazarus had a fever, probably. He was sick. They said, Lord, they called to him. It's like they prayed to him. They, they sent me a message to him. Lord, the one you love is sick. I don't know if you remember. I remember being young and having a fever and having my mom come and put that cloth on your head. And Who doesn't remember when you were young being sick? Or even now as I look out, I know that many of us deal with sickness in our lives. 
things that we don't understand. God, why, wh why, why, why? And Jesus is going to tell Mary and Martha and even Lazarus why. He's not some maniacal God up there saying, ah, I got Harrigan now. I got him on the ropes and, and look at him go. And, and he's crying over here and he's doing that to that person over there. Look, I got him. We don't have a God like that. Our God is love. Our God is love. He's unable to do what I just described. All he can do is love you with a love that we don't understand. When, when Mary and Martha sent to Jesus, they said, the one you love is ill. That love there means friend. Now, I know some people have a hard time with that. You know, God can't be my friend. But when Jesus was here, trust me, he was Lazarus and Martha and Mary's friend. And he is your friend. He cares about you. And when they were there and they were together, Jesus hung out with them and he taught them. And he loved them with an unspeakable love. Later, which is, uh, I can't understand it. There's another thing in here. It says love. It says they sent to him. He got the message. And it says that Jesus stayed where he was. Even though Lazarus is ill, Jesus stayed where he was two more days. And he didn't go to them. It says he loved Mary. He loved Martha. He loved them, and yet he stayed where he was two more days. Are you in a trial right now where you're like, Lord, I'm looking out the window like Mary and Martha. I'm running down the, the, the path. I'm looking for you, and you're not coming. Lord, what are you doing? I know you love me, but this is a strange kind of love. Where are you? And yet God tells us here as we move ahead what's happening. So we have the friendship love. We have the agape love. The other thing is he is so patient with us in his love. Is he not? Martha says basically to God, you messed up. If you were here, my brother would be living. Basically, that's what she's saying to him. She, she covers it up at the end where she says, but, you know, and then I know. But basically, she's saying, God, if Jesus, if you were here, my brother would still be alive. He doesn't yell at Martha. He doesn't scream at her. Trust me, I have four kids. I wish I could take back all the, the looks and the tones and the unloving things I've done when my kids in front of me have frustrated me. And yet we have our Lord here where basically Martha's questioning him and he's saying to her, Martha, he's going to rise. It's great love. I, I pray to God that I'd have that kind of love. I want that kind of love. He's so patient with the disciples, isn't he? Hey, Lord, you know, if you go back there, they're going to kill you. No, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill us. We don't really want to go. See, God does things in your life that you might not want to go, right? You don't want to go through, and yet he's doing everything in your life out of pure, holy, righteous love. God, give me the wisdom to understand that your love and what you're doing in my life. He directs in love. Listen to Romans 5.8, which you know very well, but just listen to it. God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ill, sick, spiritually ill, sick children of him, and yet he loves us. Ephesians 2.4 
But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, with such a love that he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Amen. He made us alive together with Christ. Everything he does is out of love. As we already stated a little bit, this is the second thing I want to point out from this passage is that, you know, when God does things, it doesn't always make sense. You know, here it is, Lazarus, Lazarus dies. That's probably the worst thing that we can think about in our lives. If you're a believer and you have Christ in your heart, you don't want to die. You want to serve him. You want to love him. You want to be there for your family. And you will do everything you can to stay alive. And yet Lazarus, in their life, he dies. He doesn't show up for two days. He wants the disciples to go to a place where they're probably going to die. They don't really understand what he's talking about when he says that Lazarus is just sleeping. They're like, okay, well, if he's sleeping, he's just going to wake up again. Like, Lord, he'll recover. He'll get better. What are you doing? It does not always make sense. I love to listen to music. And I don't really can't, can't pronounce her last name, but I'll just say her, um, or maybe we won't because I can't find it. Um, I'll say her first name is, what is her first name? That's okay. I was going to mess up somewhere. So here's some lyrics from a song that I love. How's that? <laughs> Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary, I need your rest. Mighty warrior, king of the fight, no matter what I face, you're by my side. Now listen to this, so interesting. It kind of opened up a whole new world for me. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I don't know if you've ever been there, but Lord, move that mountain, and it doesn't move. There's a reason for it. And that's why I started with the love of God. Don't doubt his love. When you're looking at a child who's sick, or you're looking at one who just said to you, Mom, Dad, you know what? I don't really believe in Jesus. Or you're looking at, you know what? I'm, I'm going to lose everything. And I, I just have to share with you, for me, I'm sometimes afraid of my own shadow. And sometimes I'm, I'm scared of everything. And my wife, will, my beautiful wife will tell you that, you know, I've said more than once the, the earth is, the sky is falling. And she has put up with me. But recently, I, I was called into a meeting at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday from work. And they said, you have 28 branches in your bank, and we're going to close 18 of them most likely. And most likely, they didn't really say this, but they were saying it, you won't have a job. It's so interesting, because normally I would just keep that to myself. My blood pressure would go up. I would eat like 25 cakes. I would blow up. But you know what I did? I just told my wife, I said, can you pray for me? Could you tell all your friends, have them pray for me? And they did. I have such peace, I can't even tell you. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. I don't know. I can't tell you 
where Mark Harrigan will be in six months when the bank takes over my bank. I don't know where I'll be, but I do know I'm okay because Jesus is my God and he will not let anything happen to me that he does not want to happen to me. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of uh, texts this week from different people. Nick sent me one about the vine that helps so much and Dave sent me one, Dave Moore sent me one about just thanking me and he said he's praying for me. And about this job thing, I got a text from, from a friend of mine. He said, just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you. I know that our God is not surprised by your bank being bought. He's not caught off guard even if your branch is closed. That you will not be left begging for bread because you are his child. Amen? And that is you as well. Wherever you are, God has you. And he has you there for a reason. The other thing I wanted to point out is I love doing this and I love speaking. But for you and for me, you're not really going to learn what God wants to teach you from me. You can only learn that for yourself in the trials that he's placed you. You may not want to be there, but you're there for a reason and you're there in his love. Now, what's the reason? I told you there was a reason. Now, he told, basically, he says here in chapter 11, this illness does not lead to death, for it is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Don't lose sight of that. God is in your life, working in your life, even if the worst thing happens, to show the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And, don't miss this, up in, up in verse 15, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. It's for the glory of God that Jesus Christ will be glorified through it and that you would believe. And you say, Mark, I've been a Christian 60 years. I believe. Martha also believed, right? I believe she believed. But Jesus comes to her and asks her some questions. And point three, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. You know, my wife and I just watched a movie. I'm on vacation this week, so my poor wife has to watch about 50 movies because I love to watch movies. So I just love it. I could sit there and watch John Wayne movies all day, um, which are not the best movies in the world, but I like them. So we watched a movie called 33. It's about these Chilean miners, true story, in 2010. They were trapped, and you probably remember it because it just happened, you know, six years ago. And we were involved, I think. The U.S. was involved with these big drills. Anyone remember that? Okay. There were 33 miners trapped about four and a half miles below the, the surface. And we were watching the movie, and I'm thinking, this is a really good movie. And they go through it. They're trapped 17 days before anyone even knows they're there. They're literally entombed in the earth. And they're trapped with a pastor. They call him a pastor, and he had a Bible. And through the movie, you see him praying with different people. But what I love so much about it is that they are literally trapped in the earth. It's as if they died. They even had a memorial service. They had a memorial service for them, and they let them go. The, the, the rescue has said, look, there is a less than 1% chance that we will ever get these 33 men out of the earth. Well, I always love a good ending. And they get them all out, every single one of them. 
But the best part of the movie for me was at the end, they show a wall that's four and a half miles below the earth and inscripted on the wall says 33 miners from this date to that, to that date, God was with us. God was with us. See, Jesus, which we'll get through next week, can raise Lazarus from the dead. He tells uh, Martha that Lazarus is going to rise. He could say that because he is the resurrection and the life. He could say, I'm gonna ra- he's going to rise because he is the resurrection and the life. You know, the other thing to think about here is that if you have Jesus, he could resurrect your marriage, your finances, your relationships, any issue, any problem you have. But the most important thing is your soul. All those things are important, and all those things take our time and take our concern, but nothing is more important than your soul. The other thing is, is that when Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? He already knew the answer. He's asking her so she will know that she knows. Yes, Lord, I believe. He's not asking her because he doesn't know what she already believes. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the one who is coming into the world. When I first became a Christian, I am going to say maybe four or five years after I accepted Christ, I would ask Jesus into my heart every day. I was probably serving here already. I don't know what it was. I think I needed to settle that belief in my heart. And I kept asking him over and over again every day, Lord, please save me. I need you to save me. And I got a book by Jay Adams. It was a little pamphlet. I think Pastor had it in the back. And he went through just basically, you got to settle this thing. You need to trust that Jesus once for all finished it on the cross. And Mark Harrigan, you are saved, you're redeemed, and you're going to heaven. You're going to live forever. You're my servant. And here when you live on earth, I want you to serve me. I want you to have a faith that's strong. I want the Holy Spirit to live through you. And I signed the little booklet at the end, and I never looked back, and I've never doubted since. But you have to. You have to come to a point where you say, I believe. You have to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, but we can't imagine the love that you have for us. We can't imagine the love that you have for your ill, sick children. We can't imagine the love that you have for us that that we don't really understand what you're doing in our lives. Father, thank you for that. Help us, Father, this morning to know for sure that you are the resurrection and the life. You are the one who loves us beyond what we can think or imagine. So this morning, as every head is bowed, and as we're here this morning, Father, I pray that you would give us, give us, Father, the truth. Do we believe or don't we believe?
I know I believe, and I thank you for that. I know most of us believe. So, Father, I pray this morning as we walk out this door that we would be honest with you individually. No one else needs to know. But as you sit here this morning, as you have your children sit here, help us, Lord, to make that clear. Just between us individually and you. And the best thing a person could ever do is to be honest because we can't hide anything from you. Father, help us to do that. You know for sure whether we believe, but you want us to know and then to do something about it. So if you're a Christian here this morning, if you're a believer this morning, pray for God. I pray, Lord, that you would help each of us to have our faith increase. Increase our faith. Increase our belief that you would move us to mighty works for you through the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe and you're honest about it, maybe you want to say something like this. Dear Lord, Jesus Christ, you are the resurrection and the life. I am a sinner. I'm tired and I'm weary and I need you. Lord, I love you, but I know you love me even more. I accept the fact and I believe the fact that you are God and that you have given your very life for me on the cross, that you have died, but not there. You didn't end there. You rose again and you are alive for me. Save me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Use me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.